Welcome to KJV Cafe, where we explore great truths from God's holy word in a simple, down-to-earth fashion. Romans 10:17 shows us where faith comes from. So then faith cometh by hearing, and hearing by the word of God. Let's grow our faith together in the cafe today. Our program is hosted by Pastor Clark Covington and brought to you by Heartland Ministries. Grab your Bible and a hot cup of coffee or tea and join us now as we explore God's Holy Word. Thank you for joining me. Welcome to another KJV Cafe Short. Good to be here today. Amen. Today we're talking about what to think on. What do we fill our mind with? You know, maybe you've heard a preacher say once or twice that the mind um, will react or act with what you feed it. If you feed something good to your mind, goodness will come out of it. It'll react to the goodness and so on. And if you feed something bad to your mind, uh, evil things will come out of it and um, bad things will happen. And hey, I can give you a real example. I've got an older brother. He's a year and a half older, but he might as well be many years older uh, when we were young because he was the older brother. It was his job to beat me up, knock me around. And he'd watch some of these old uh, karate movies, so to speak. I don't know what category they are exactly, but they were violent. He would watch them and he would immediately tell me to come over near him him, and he would try out those moves on me and he'd whoop me pretty good. And it was no coincidence that what he watched, what he saw, what he put into his mind, he then acted out. And look, if we're honest, we all are like that. It's not just my big brother. It's myself. It's you. It's everyone listening here today. What we take in is what we put out. And how about this? What we think about, what we choose to think about is then who we become in a lot of ways, because what we think on, I mean, how about this? How many different things can you think about at once? If you're normal, if you're like me, you can only think about one thing at a time. Amen. If you try to think about two things at a time, everything gets messed up and confused. So what should we think on? Uh, Philippians 4, 8 tells us what to think on. It gives us instructions. And this is such a blessing. Philippians 4, 8, finally, brethren, whatsoever things are true, whatsoever things are honest, whatsoever things are just, Whatsoever things are pure, whatsoever things are lovely, whatsoever things are of good report. If there be any virtue, if there be any praise, think on these things. It's a very powerful verse because you realize as you study the scriptures, how important the mind is, right? How important the mind is to your day-to-day life. A lot of the spiritual battles, they take place between your ears, do they not? And the mind is so important and to keep a strong mind on godly things and, and, and to keep uh, out the negative uh, worldly things that distract us. I mean, think about sinning. Uh, what is lust? It happens in the mind. What is coveting? It happens in the mind. Uh, <laughs> what is doing things like stealing or murdering? It happens first in the mind with premeditation. Um, the mind is is really the battleground here spiritually. And, and uh, in the book of Philippians, we're instructed that we can think on certain things and those things will help us. It is for our good. Amen. And you know, you'll notice how this verse starts. Finally, brethren, 
Who is this verse for? It's for the saved. It's for the brothers and sisters in Christ. It's very important to understand that these are instructions for those that are in the spiritual realm, those that have been born again, and those that that are facing spiritual battles. Because if you get on fire for God, the devil is going to be pointing his fiery darts your way more and more. He's going to be tossing them your way, trying to get you off track. And that happens in the mind. So there's many ways to prepare ourselves for spiritual battle, as Paul writes about uh, in, in the epistles. But one surefire way to, especially with a little bit of time we have today, to get on fire for God and to be at peace and to be of a right mind and of a sober mind and to have our priorities right is to think on the good things. And I, I want to start here by saying there's eight attributes. There's eight attributes listed. And I, I just like looking at things uh, like the idea that this is Philippians chapter four, verse eight, there's eight attributes listed. And you ask the question, what does the number eight signify in scripture? You know, you may have studied numbers in scripture and not even know it. You know that the number of six is man, you know, and you see six, 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 that's uh, God, or that's the um, antichrist and the, the devil. And uh, I believe that. And the number of five represents God's grace. Uh, and the number eight represents new beginnings. It represents a resurrected new creature, new beginnings. Uh, we see that in scripture uh, a lot of different ways. We see um, there was eight writers of the New Testament. Um, there was eight days from the time Christ uh, entered into the crucifixion. He was selected as the spotless lamb. That was on Palm Sunday to go through the being accused and the mock trial and uh, the scourging, the beating, uh, dying that brutal death on the, on the cross there of Calvary, spending three days in the ground and then resurrecting from the dead. Uh, you can look at that from Sunday to Sunday, but truly, if you really look at the calendar dates, that next day, Monday would be the eighth day. That is the day of the new beginning. The number eight signifies new beginning. Abraham, the father of the faithful, had eight sons total, uh, eight sons total. Abraham signifies God's people, the new beginning there. Um, Jesus showed himself alive eight times after his resurrection from the dead. I got that from, uh, I think it's Bible study. Org. I want to make sure I cite that correctly, biblestudy.org. I don't want to leave them out. Um, what else do we have here? Uh, God saved eight people on the ark in order to have a new beginning for mankind after the flood. We see the number eight signifies new beginnings. There's more examples of that, but hopefully you're convinced the number eight means new beginnings. We look at Philippians 4, verse 8. We see these eights. Uh, eight, eight characteristics, eight things to think on in, in Philippians 4, 8. We say to ourselves, okay, we get it. New beginning. What is the new beginning? The new beginning is for your mind. Amen. The new beginning is for your mind. Now, what does that mean? That means that there was an old time or an old way. There was a time when you maybe didn't think like you should. Maybe there was a time when you were focusing on the things of this world I will give you a testimony that I have of myself as a pastor. It's my job to lead the flock and it's my job to stay in God's word and to be an example. I mean, how, what good could I be for the flock at our little congregation if I'm out here living like the world? I can't do any good. And so the Lord has really worked on me in some accounts. One way would be I don't read much news anymore. You can ask my wife. There was a time there'd be a pile of newspapers uh, either at our doorstep or inside the living room there by my recliner, there'd be a pile up uh, halfway to the ceiling. I subscribed to all these newspapers and I read and I read, I read so much news. 
And I don't do that. I don't subscribe to a single paper and I try to stay away from as much news as I can. Amen. You say, why? Isn't it good to be informed? It is good to be informed. And some news does find its way to me on my smartphone or email and so on. But, but you know what? My mind was focused on these things of this world, this dying world, the people that were living in this world that did not know God and did not know Jesus Christ as their Savior. And my mind was yoked up in those things. You know, maybe you don't have a problem with news. Maybe your problem is you're too uh, too too into what's going on with your friends or what's going on with sports or what's happening at the workplace or whatever else it is, politics. I mean, you know what it is, but these things take our minds away from what is holy. And and what we have here in the book of Philippians is this is what we should think about. We should think about what is holy. You know, this verse starts with, think about whatsoever things are true. Where is the source of truth for the Christian? That is God's word, is it not? That is the Bible. We should think upon the truth in the Bible. So when God has in his word that he will never leave us nor forsake us, that's a truth. And we can focus on that truth and we can take that to the bank and we can know that even when things seem out of control and we're worried about this, that, and the other, we know that God will never leave us nor forsake us. Similarly, we see secondly to focus on honest, whatever, whatsoever things are honest. What's honest? Honest is things that things or people that wouldn't lie, right? Who's the devil? He's the father of all lies, as Jesus called him. So we don't want to focus on the devil and the things of the devil. Uh, Another way to look at this would be vanity. I just preached on vanity uh, Sunday morning at church. The idea that vanity implies improper use or is kind of a lie. When we look at what things are supposed to be used for, if they're vain, they're not being used for what they're supposed to be used for. We need to think on what's honest and what what is telling the truth in our life. And again, we know that that comes from God's word. We know that God cannot lie. So he is always honest. And you know what honesty often brings? It often brings um, critique. It often could bring um, getting your toes stepped on. Sometimes honesty isn't always what you want to hear, but it's what you need to hear. Amen. Uh, God's not uh, here and living in us or the working of the Holy Spirit or giving us his word just so we can feel better about ourselves. He is here to mold us to be more like Christ every single day, to bring him glory. And that's by thinking on things that are true and things that are honest. How about this next one here? Think about whatsoever things are just. Well, what is just? I think of justice, right? You think of what is just? Uh, that's justice. That is what is right or correct. Not, in, again, in man's eyes or in this broken world's eyes, but in God's eyes. So we should think on what's just. We should think on what's true uh, and what's honest. And that's that's God's word. And that's what's in his word, the truth that it brings to our lives and the truth that it'll bring to this world, this broken world. And then we think about just or justice. We think about how God is the judge and how when we think about him being the judge and him being omnipresent, him seeing all and knowing all, then we don't have to worry so much about getting our revenge or or making things righting every wrong that we see. And, And what I mean by that is, you know, let's say. Yeah, you go out to dinner and you have a waiter and they just don't like you. And, you know, they find out that you're a Christian. You're, they, they, they don't like you even more. And, you know, they, they charge you extra and you're so mad and you want to right the wrong, uh, but you don't want to jeopardize your Christian witness. You know what you do? Uh, you just 
thank him and you bless him, you smile at him and you go ahead and maybe you pay the bill, you know, maybe you talk to the manager, but you're very polite and you leave praying for that poor soul that did you wrong, asking God to help them because he is the judge and he will judge all. And you say, well, brother Clark, is God going to judge a small little event like that? I believe he will. I believe he's perfect. No sin will pass through God without him judging it. The only reason that we will be saved from all of our sins is through the blood of Jesus Christ. We accept Christ's finished work on Calvary. But those that commit sins, they will face judgment for every single one of their sins. And we have to understand, we think on who's just, what does that do? That relieves us of the burden. That relieves us of the burden of having to feel like we need justice. And I know it's the restaurant example, a silly example, but you can think of many ways that we are tempted or tried or tested when we want justice, when we want to take things in our own hands and we need to give it to God, be still and know that he's God, let go and let God. Amen. Next one here we have, think on whatsoever things are pure. What is pure? When you look at pure, what is the inverse of that? That would be adulterated or corrupted. Uh, The devil is a perversion. He's a corruption of God. He tries to pervert everything that God does. If you look at the Bible and God's plan, uh, you look at what devil's trying to do. The devil's trying to pervert everything in God's plan. And so when we think on what's pure, we think on God's pure and true plan. And we think on who that is. That's Jesus Christ, the Son of God, amen, God in the flesh, our payment for sin, our Redeemer, our help, the one that blesses us every single day is we look to him. We look to what's pure and he is pure. He is, is love. He, you know, he literally is love. Amen. And we have to look to God and think on those things. Think on how pure Jesus Christ is as Lord and savior. There was none ever so pure. The Bible gives examples of this by using color as, you know, white as snow, uh, white as wool. This, this pure white. Uh, I saw a critter the other day that had white fur and it was very white. And I said to myself, oh, that's what the Bible says about our savior and Lord Jesus Christ. He was the spotless lamb, the one without blemish that signifies his purity and his holiness. And as we turn to him, amen, isn't this exciting? As we turn to him, we can think on that purity and say, look, even though we are not perfect, even though we are not pure, he is pure. And when we accept his his free gift of salvation, his purity, his righteousness is imputed on us. Quickly here, we've got lovely. Jesus Christ is lovely. A good report. Jesus Christ is of a good report. And any virtue, any praise, it all comes down to Jesus Christ. What we think on in our life defines what we do and how we act. And it should be about Jesus Christ all day long until he returns again, and you will have true joy for doing it. Thank you so much. Thanks for listening to this episode of KJV Cafe. Have a question for Pastor Clark? Email him directly at clark at enduringpromise.org or visit kjvcafe.com and click the envelope button on the homepage. Our program is hosted by Pastor Clark Covington and brought to you by Heartland Ministries. We'll close today with Psalm 119 verses 166 through 168. Lord, I have hoped for thy salvation and done thy commandments. My soul hath kept thy testimonies, and I love them exceedingly. I have kept thy precepts and thy testimonies, for all my ways are before thee.